Hello and welcome to the first episode of In The Know with me, Rob Rollins. Through everyday examples, I'll make research simple for you, so you can gain the insights and inspiration to make a difference. So sit back and enjoy a coffee whilst I tell you a story. How many red skittles are there in a packet? Without looking, you don't know. Do you want to count them all? Probably not. So what you'll need to do is take a sample. Grab a handful of sweets from the bag. Open your hand and count how many red skittles there are. You now know the number in your hand. But how does this relate to the packet? You could take a rough guess without counting every skittle you don't know how many a packet contains. Nor do you know if the proportion of red skittles in your hand is consistent throughout the packet. This is an exercise I use in workshops to illustrate how samples are both useful but at the same time have pitfalls to be aware of. Whilst the number of a particular colour of sweet is a trivial question, knowing how many cases of a disease are present in a wider population it's quite literally a matter of life and death. As we see every day, governments, the media and others quote figures for the number of COVID-19 cases. Despite the certainty with which these figures are referenced, they shine an important light on the role samples play and the accuracy they provide. You can rarely know everything about a big group or population. Most of the time, our insights are achieved by viewing a sample, a smaller selection of that bigger group. And this process is fraught with difficulties when trying to achieve accuracy. The number of people with COVID-19 is merely the known knowns, the known cases. And this is just a sample of the wider population of people with the disease. That sample size is related to the number of tests completed and the degree to which those tests capture every case in the wider population, the unknown knowns. As we test more people, it's likely that the number of positives will rise, though this is far from guaranteed. No two samples are the same, and differences or biases are introduced frequently, particularly with human subjects. What we do know with COVID-19 is that its presentation and severity varies between individuals. We know about the asymptomatic cases where no symptoms are visible and are likely picked up by chance. But how many cases have or are still being missed remains a guess. The ones we see are just a sample and finding them is wholly dependent on the sampling frame and strategy we employ. Yet COVID-19 has become a daily example of how data is interpreted for headlines. The manner in which the number of positive cases is communicated does little to highlight the intricacies of how the data has come about. We base our view of current trends, whether cases are rising or falling, the curve being flattened or the disease running away, on these samples. Yet this assumes there has been perfect information about the number of cases the day, week or month before. No two samples are the same in composition, particularly not in such a dynamic context as a pandemic. 
But what do 5,000 cases mean? 8,000, 10,000. When the presentation is focused on absolute numbers, there is little or no context in which to understand them. The infection rate we see might better be shown as a proportion of tests. At least this will provide some comparison across time. You see, to provide anything more meaningful is fraught with pitfalls. The problem scientists have with COVID-19 is that we do not and probably never will know the full picture of all the known cases, much like the sweets in our bag. Our assumptions are based on guesstimates from snippets of information we know and in comparison to similar events, though far from similar, from the past. So whether it is red skittles or COVID-19 cases, our understanding of the real total is only as good as the sample we take. Knowing how that sample relates to a wider group or population is the important context you need for the results to have any meaning. Of course, the larger the sample, the better and more accurate the insight. But it will still never be perfect, and whole population surveys are expensive and impractical. So whether it's the number of people with an illness in a city, the preference of your customers for black coffee, or just the number of red skittles in a packet, recognising that samples are useful yet far from foolproof can empower you to, cautious, to gain cautious insights into what is going on in a wider group whilst recognising that your picture will only ever be partial. I hope that story has given you a small insight into finding answers. The blog itself can be found at our website www.robrowlands.co.uk and you can also find me on Twitter at Rob Rao Rez. So until the next episode, have fun asking questions and finding answers. <laughs>